This episode is brought to you by Liquid IV. Guys, if you don't know what Liquid IV is, we'll buckle up because I'm going to throw you a game changer. Liquid IV is a hydration multiplier that not only tastes great, but is a non-GMO electric light drink mix. Powered by cellular transport technology to deliver hydration to the body faster and more efficiently than water can just do alone. One stick contains three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks with five essential vitamins. Now, I pride myself on telling you about things that I either already like or just use in my everyday life. And I have to say, I've actually been a fan of Liquid IV for a long, long time now. I use it for everything from, you know, just long runs to stay in shape, all those late nights with those after hours or just when I'm feeling a little dehydrated. I turn to it so it could just, my God, set me straight, make me feel like a million bucks again, and just get me ready for the day. So please head on over to their website. That's liquid-iv.com to check out their amazing line of products. And get this, when you use promo code Art of the Beholder, all one word, you'll get 20% off your order. Now, if you need a little direction on where to start, I recommend Lemon Lime. Guys, you're going to love it, won't be disappointed. So please give it a shot and get more fuel for life's adventures. Now, back to the show. Greetings and salutations, all you beautiful people, and welcome to another episode of Art of the Beholder, a show dedicated to all things eclectic in the world of art, where we do deep dives into deep cuts and help you understand why damn things matter. I'm your host, Nova Day, and today we're going to be talking about art and music, focusing on the career of Esperanza Spalding. Today, of course, I am joined by the only jazz composition you will ever need in your life, and that is with Mr. Theodore Buck. Buck, welcome, as always. Well, we just had some meteorological jazz come through here. (laughs) And yes, uh, if you don't know who Esperanza Spalding is, we're saying things. I made my jazz uh, intro for Buck or I mentioned jazz, and he did the same thing because Esperanza Spalding is a jazz musician. And perhaps, here is, I have a ba- very basic thesis for you, perhaps one of the greatest living musicians we have today, and arguably uh, the youngest, though she's relatively, uh, that's arguable now. She's she's uh, she's in her 30s, and um, when we first stumbled upon her, she was in her early 20s, and considered one of the greatest living musicians alive at that time though she would probably say if if she heard this right now if we're doing an interview with her she would hate this she would say like yep. she's very humble from everything i've read about her she's uh, incredibly humble uh, just humility ooze off her and she she uh, does not like that level of uh, prestige but she actually she really deserves it and uh, before we can really talk about her career of course we need a little background So Esperanza Spalding is, as I said, an American jazz bassist, but she's also a singer, a songwriter, and a composer. This woman does everything. She was born Esperanza Emily Spalding on October 18th, 1984 in Portland, Oregon. Her her first instrument was actually the violin, and she <laughs> already started to show that she was a master of uh, musical craft because by the time she was five, she had learned to play the violin and began performing professionally professionally, mind you, with the Chamber Music Society of Oregon. And uh, she actually remained in the group until she was 15 and left as what is known as a concert 
master. Incredibly impressive. Hmm. She later expanded into the oboe, the clarinet, and then, of course, where a lot of our discussions begin, she landed on the guitar and specifically the bass guitar, starting with the double bass, as a lot of jazz musicians do. You, you don't hear much about the oboe. <laughs> Why is that? The oboe doesn't get a lot of love. It doesn't so. get a lot of love, and I love the oboe. <laughs> Why are more gonna, concert bands like why 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 are more? We're gonna do a whole episode on the grade oboe schools. Now. You know, teach the oboe. Uh, and the, well, they do. They just you know. Yeah, well, obviously, it doesn't s- get a small, lot of small town middle of nowhere. Doesn't I mean? I think we were just pulling stuff out of the closet and making sure it actually made a noise. Um, <laughs> yes. She began performing live in clubs as a teenager with the bass. And she actually was a part of a band uh, that was called Noise for Pretend that obviously didn't work out. And uh, she went on to just study music the more traditional route. So she first went to the... Um, Portland State University, where she, she, of course, studied music for a while. And then she could transition to something what I would consider a breakthrough in her, in her career. And that is when she went to the Berkeley College of Music. And she eventually, uh, what's very notable here is that after she went through her tenure and everything like that, she, she was actually asked to become an instructor at this uh, particular college. And she was famously the youngest instructor ever at Berkeley College of Music at the age of 20. It's very impressive. And not, Jesus I mean, Christ impressive, yeah, man. If if you know anything about Berkeley School of Music and and they're, it's, they're strict. They're their strict. standards are out of out of the world. Yeah. And have that on your resume. And and when we started kind of looking into her too when I remember when you said, "You know she's an instructor at Berkeley." I was like, "No, she can't be." But uh, yeah, it happened, folks. She was. Exactly. And um, my God, has she had an, an incredible career ever since. And this is where we can really start talking about her career. This is where we're going to get into the meat of the discussion. So, and of course, we always do this by going through the art, focusing, in this case, on her music. So in 2006, she came up, or she came out with the album... Junjo. Now, Junjo was a traditional jazz trio piece, and I of the of just the classic jazz outputs that she's done. This is probably one of my favorite, honestly. I think she only wrote a couple of songs, actually, though. In it, uh, yes, uh, yeah. all the research I did uh, showed that um, showed that she um, she definitely considers this a group effort. Yeah. Now, um, a lot of people would argue that, well, uh, you know, her name is on is on the album. So well, there's a lot of misconceptions that she was the one that did the lead writing and composition of work on the album. Now, this was really, as I put it, a group effort. And you can hear that in the piece compared to her, her pretty much from Esperanza on. So 2008, this is her second LP. Uh, that was much more of a singer songwriter focus, whereas Junjo was an, an incredible jazz adventure, if you will. And she doesn't really, I think only maybe a couple of songs does she actually sing lyrics. It's She mostly does scat. Let's really dive into the album. Uh, yeah. So Junjo 2006 is, uh, yeah, it's, it's basically just 
drums, drums, bass, and keys, uh, as most trios are. And but what really is an extra piece of the puzzle is her incredible vocal. So yep. yeah, she is scatting. She's, I mean, she really, really approaches it like a musician or like yeah. a musical instrument. And she is scatting. She is soloing. Soloing. She is just moving through notes and making sure it's harmonizing with the music and is is an integral piece of the music as well. Channeling her in a inner Ella <laughs> Fitzgerald. Yeah. Um, you could see why I messed that up because I was thinking Ella, but I mean, sure. y- and, and, you know, we always remember Ella Fitzgerald for, you know, her songs and, and seeing, but she was considered one of the great jazz. Um, I don't know how you, what the official term for it is, but her scat and jazz was, was just really well known, uh, throughout. And like you said, this is like, I think this is like a textbook jazz trio album. I, yeah, exactly. It, it it just it's it's pretty straightforward, and I could see this as being like a first attempt, especially for an album like especially when you're coming out of where she was coming from. Um, sure, this seems pretty yeah obvious and straightforward. And well, and, and there's a lot of improv, like a lot of jazz uh, records of of yesteryear of history. Uh, there's a lot of improv here, and it's very clear in the soloing and the compositional work. But you can tell that she did they had it's clear that they stopped and uh they i don't think they probably wrote things down like they transcribed them out or anything like that but you can tell they probably talked out sections and things like that especially yeah. when things are uh repeating motifs that we're you very used to a more uh popular music versus jazz where jazz is almost every few bars sometimes every bar it's completely different series of notes and it's um it can be very abstract to, to yeah. a first time listener or someone that just doesn't listen to jazz much. Whereas uh, I've listened to so much jazz over time. I can tell just from listening to it that this, there is definitely some, some written out sections that sure. uh, they really, they really gave some mind to, to, to make them work. I mean, if you listen to it too, even the production value, of it's a little raw. Like I, I was think going back and seeing it. It's, I love it though. I, I think yeah. it, 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 it captures what we're missing in a lot of popular it, music, which is clear live instrumentation. Yeah. There's what, well, and what I was meaning with that is it, it, yeah, there's nothing special about it. It's just, it's a, it's a straight recording. Maybe some levels of instruments are, uh, pushed up a oh, little bit. Oh, they're still but mixing. Yeah, there's it, yeah. Still there's some still some mixing. Um, but I, I would say overall, it's it's like yeah, it's like what you would do if if this was your first attempt. You kind of make a. I would say it's bare bones for the most part, but it's simple, and that's what's nice about it. Um, simple but tasteful and effective. Taste, yeah, yeah. And I think you know, I I believe she did um, or was up for some some um a grammy after this oh yeah oh gosh we, we will definitely touch on her her uh award-winning kind of a legacy uh as we kind of expand into her career um I, I definitely before we move on to the second lp esperanza 2008 i still want to touch on the fact that you know there's something about more modern jazz so this was made 15 years ago but there's still something about modern jazz that has uh of a, a, a strong groove to it mm-hmm. there's there's yeah. clear influences of hip-hop funk r&b going on with the compositions that you just wouldn't see in the uh, originators of jazz you know the the jazz of the 60s and 70s and even a little before that uh like i said were a little more abstract and uh a little more 
uh, they're kind of figuring things out. They're figuring out the sound where this one is clearly established sounds. And yeah. a lot of you can hear a lot of the influences in the musicians, um, musicianship and their work, you know, yeah. down to every single musician. Yeah, I hadn't listened to this in a long time. And I, I it was kind of pleasant just to like sit down and listen to a straight jazz album in a while because oh, a lot yeah. of stuff I've been listening to lately jazz related has been a lot of fusion and, and modern and what I would nothing's wrong with that but I don't know it's always kind of it's it's like uh you've been drinking uh a lot of uh <laughs> sour beers or you know okay kind okay. of some hoppy IPAs it's nice to go back down to a yeah classic- just the pilsner or a lager lager. yeah Yeah, man yeah uh i think that's a perfect segue to kind of uh evolve into how she changed as a musician and the outputs that she wanted to focus on and that brings us to the second lp 2008's esperanza now i think this is very fitting because we're seeing a transition from uh, as we put it more of a traditional straightforward jazz album into more of a singer songwriter kind of approach where she's not just scatting or doing harmonies or just doing uh just jazzy soloing with their vocals she's singing songs Mm -hmm. they're structured out they're pieced well uh they're arranged well we're still seeing a lot of that jazz influence, uh, but you're you're seeing more emphasis on um, structure, songwriting, yeah. and but also still seeing those influences of hip hop, R and B, funk, uh, and of course a lot of great fucking jazz. It's the album that I actually discovered her on. I actually this is how I discovered. Yeah, we her. well, yeah, we need to tell the story. So this is the fun part where we get to talk. Uh, tell the stories of how we stumbled upon Miss Esperanza Spalding. I'm going to give uh, Buck the floor, floor first. Yeah, I. So it was. Uh, it was late at night. No. Um, <laughs> it, it was it, in it a was a, in a world in a world. It was. We were, in, uh, I believe, a senior in college. Mm-hmm. I was with the the lady I was dating at the time, and she had David Letterman on in the background. I think we were doing homework or something like that, hmm. and. All of a sudden, I hear Letterman introduce jazz vocalist and or a performer, and immediately when I heard the first few bars, I was instantly I like, turned boom. and looked at the TV, and I was just like, "Wow!" And um, I listened to her song. It was uh, "Precious" is the is the title of the song, and it it's one of those few times where you watch something like not even it, you can watch it something live. Or you see something or you hear something and you're just blown away by it. Hell yeah. And this was definitely one of those moments in my life where I was just like, what? Yeah. And I think I told you immediately about it. Yeah. um, The next day. Well, what's crazy with my story is get this shit. I don't think, you know what? I don't think I've ever told you this book. I don't think you have. So um, when I, so yeah, when we were in college at this, about the same time I was a senior as well, I started taking elective music courses uh, just to uh, fill up uh, what I needed to get my degree, you know, or to get my diploma. You could have done that. My degree was. Yeah, you didn't. You take didn't another have that math luxury. class. <laughs> take another math class because you're already getting a math minor, and and yeah, just just ugh. okay. I had one elective. One so, elective. <laughs> now, now, don't get don't get too bitter. We'll go on that a long tangent quarter of him of him uh, giving well, hell, the and then he's gonna then he's gonna feed that over to little Jimmy Buffett hate. Uh, I know that's what I don't. That. I don't do that. I have never <laughs> brought him up once in this show. 
That's true. He's never brought him up ever. So, uh, but anyway, so Jimmy, no. <laughs> no, no, we'll we'll save that to the gems. Uh, so, um, so I was taking music of Latin America, and we mm. were on the uh, we were on the subject of bossa nova i fucking love me some bossa nova geats and gilberto all day man the girl from ipanema all that shit i love it right Mm -hmm. now the teacher gave us a little special treat by bringing in a live musician that was touring and this live musician was not esperanza (laughs) that would have been amazing i remember this 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 live musician was not esperanza spaulding but her her guitar player. Yeah. Her guitar player was the special guest for my class. And he's this very humble guy from Latin America. And um, I'll never forget him playing. And he's he's one of those players that made it sound so easy, you know? And you can yeah. tell he's doing, like, very complicated bossa nova guitar work. Like, so this is classical guitar classical guitar we're talking about acoustic things of that nature and he told us about him touring and his touring uh current touring gig right now and that's when he he told us the whole class about esperanza spalding and i remember going out pretty much that day and checking out this album esperanza and feeling about the same way that buck felt just i remember hearing probably almost right away i would say probably by the second track which is the most famous track yeah i was like oh my god like boom it it was immediate i was Mm -hmm. like just fucking floored and then soon after this happens a lot with me and buck me and buck will find something before we actually talk to each other about it and then we'll just shoot the shit, just like go yeah. on a complete nerd out about the fact that we discovered this person at the same time. And soon after, we had the pleasure of seeing her live. Going back to that Letterman scene real quick, she Letterman was like blown away as well and was like saying, wow, wow. And if you see the performance on YouTube or something, he kisses her hand and then she oh, yeah. pulls his hand and kisses it back. Yeah, and you can automatically tell she's you know she's, she's different. cooler than the she's other be side different. of the pillow yeah. yeah she she's she's very she's she's very cool and so yeah we we she was we found out uh that she was performing uh in uh Casey. in yeah. kansas city um so we took the trek down to uh <laughs> I, I remember us getting a lost, road trip getting a little lost in a bad neighborhood and we both that was part of the fun but uh we saw her in a in a very beautiful venue uh opera house oh yeah oh in, my God. Uh, in kansas Jesus city Christ. kansas and city actually it. has some very nice venues um we we've actually been to a few concerts uh they're i would say they're better venues uh that one in the starlight uh it was a great night uh she came out i was blown away and she was an amazing performer it was a great time. I, I, you know, it was it was one of those concerts that just kind of flew by too. Yeah, it was it, and it was a mix, and it was a mix of her uh, Junjo work and mm-hmm. Esperanza work. Yeah. So it, uh, I remember this is what really I remember capturing this feeling of she started with double bass and they were doing like you know instrumental jazz tracks. Yep. And I think didn't we like sit? We sat. I don't think right next to each other, but like right in front, like one person was right in front of the other person or something like that. Yeah. It's a, it's a, um, it's an interesting seating. We were kind of in, I would say it was like a, not the orchestra pit, but right in front of it. And I, I'll never forget. I don't know if it was like me turning around to, to look at you. I forgot exactly. There was a how guy in front of us that turned around. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, that's what it was. 
I remember there was some some action yeah. like that. For some reason, in my memory, I always think that you were doing that to me, or I was doing that to you when we tell the story. No, but I it, guess it was a stranger. There right? was a stranger in front of us that just was like gasping. He was he, so impressed <laughs> with the musicality. Yeah, he was so impressed with her. He would turn around, look at us, and just shake his head and go, "Damn, like fuck!" Like yeah, it was so like, impressive. Yeah, and he, you could tell this guy. This is a guy that goes and hangs out on the weekends <laughs> at in the jazz clubs in Kansas City. Like, and that that reminds me to say we were we were easily the youngest people there. Like easily me and the Buck youngest have, people there. Yeah. Me and Buck have always been old souls, and this is a perfect example of that. You know, where other people in their in their college years were going to, you know, the big popular bands or big arena venues at the time. We were going to the small jazz acts. Yeah, but Kansas City has an amazing jazz scene and it has a has a huge history in jazz. The Green so, Lady, man. Yeah, I mean, you, and that's one of the be- beautiful things about it is, is that culture there um, really appreciates and, and recognizes talent. And that's why I think we both knew when that guy was turning around and you could tell he, this was not his first rodeo. He had seen a lot. Of well, and this is the thing. I, I remember her killing it on the double bass, but it's hard to really show off on the double bass. Yeah. So I feel like it gave a huge dichotomy I- when she went to the electric. Well, so she, I, she, I know. I remember her going to the electric, and it was either a Wayne Shorter tune or something. She played something yeah. that had a very complicated bass line, and she just pulled it out like it was a walk in the park. It was yeah, a she, pl- she plays on a, a, a Jaco Pastorius uh, jazz oh, bass offender. Love me some Jaco Pastorius from Weather Report. That's a deep cut. We'll yeah, do it. She, we're going to do a show on Weather Report. We actually talked about a, it a few weeks ago, but didn't happen. Yeah, she plays on a fretless bass, and uh, that's impressive to me. And and I think it's an easier transition if you play it on double upright bass. But um, yeah, when when you're in that uh, hand position, um, and especially like somebody that you're kind of dabbled in, 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 in the bass, um, I yeah. was immediately impressed when she uh, like blown away again when she switched over to the electric um, in some of her bass work. Was, it was, was yeah, it was spellbinding. It was yeah, and 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 a lot of people you know hate on the bass a little bit. Um, no, you know, but like, um, well, I feel like you know, non musicians hate on the bass because what do they say? I can't hear it. You I can't, can't hear it, but I it doesn't seem like it. it's that hard. And in a lot of licks that you do in the bass too, it, it's you know it's a foundation. It's it's it's. Yeah, it's a rhythm section. It's the rhythm section, but I, and that's like, what their encore was. Remember that it was just yeah. drum and bass. It was just it was, drum and he bass. did he did it was yeah. no it was snare and bass. Yeah, it was snare bass in her vocal, and he was just doing um, brushes. Yep. While oh no, no the the very very last one was the v- drum snare <laughs> with brushes and her vocal. That was it. Yeah, but he he also played a lot of stuff. If I'm remembering correctly. Just on the snare, I remember him just oh, yeah. pulling that out and just sitting there. But you know, that's that's good too because you know, again, it, it's going back to the basis. It's going back to the the true talent and musicianship. But it had some contemporary cl- flair because it was a quartet. Yeah. So it was it was drums, bass, keys, yeah. and that that guitar player I was telling you about. Yeah, it's a very uh, simple it, jazz jazz quartet. Right. Well, I feel like the guitar is often not included. And it's yeah. funny because one of my favorite jazz guitars of all time, and that is Pat Metheny, he actually was the the main person that encouraged her to follow her career in music. Oh, really? Often I didn't know saying, that. yeah, often he, he called, he said that she had the X factor, you know, that special talent, that unspoken 
energy. That is just that. It's unspoken. You can't explain how that person has it, but Pat Metheny saw it in her and he encouraged her to continue forward. And that's how we have this amazing career and while we're talking about her today. It was a it was a fun night. It was one of those like as a music nerd, it's one of those that stick out. Oh man, um, yeah. It's yeah, always the small know. performances that are the best. Yeah. Not the big arena. I mean, I do like the big arena shows, you know, and sometimes, you know, when they have like these huge you know, set pieces and pyro and light effects. But sometimes just when someone is a spellbinding musician, for me, that that is so much more powerful. So it's she's definitely in the top five. Oh, wow. Top. You say top five. Yeah. Yeah. I just from a pure talent standpoint, pure yeah. talent standpoint. Absolutely. And yeah. uh, and we saw that, you know, this is another quintessential subject for our show here because she has such an amazing even a few years after that esperanza uh esperanza album dropped and she still was not quite a household name and and and, you know we'll probably talk about this as the conclusion uh she's still not a household name but she in 2009 she fucking performed for obama by his personal selection yeah you know he could have picked anybody in the world as barack obama and he goes i want esperanza spaulding to play for us yeah so i i mean i'm I'm sure yeah i mean if i I think in music circles and uh barry as i like to call him um i think he's been known (laughs) as being quite (laughs) he's he's hip he's got he's got it (laughs) he's uh he's a hip dude uh Likes, likes, uh, likes his uh, music. That's he's hard to impersonate. Yeah, we have he, to, is, he is, but he isn't. Like you just you you, you make a lot of pauses. Oh, I hear something in the background. What's happening? It's a, it's yeah, a background sound. I am sorry, Alexa. Just automatically just oh, Alexa. Going crazy. Yeah, we can leave that in. Oh, fuck yeah, it. but um, <laughs> well, if if you if you say the word, it might oh, set off. If you say the a things. word. Oh, so she's, yeah, she's but thank you, listening. thank you, Amazon, for automatically turning on during our podcast here. Not a sponsor. It, we just we're just saying we're just yeah. Talking it did about it, it. It did it the other day <laughs> when I was in the middle of a meeting. It just started and it just started playing. Uh, music <laughs> well maybe if it's smart it will play the 2010s chamber music society do you like mm-hmm. that segue oh, yeah fuck, yeah uh so in 2010 she put a her third lp chamber music society and it's just that uh so this is more of that grassroots traditional jazz record but with a whole a larger ensemble feel we're seeing a lot of different instrumentation we're seeing a lot of incredible songwriting well this is more compositional so this is, this is more of a jazz album again yeah so she's kind of she you know clearly she did one i don't even know she if she does the pathway of one for me one for you it, it was clearly just uh she wanted to make a jazz album again and then she did so and this was um an incredible piece of work but, and she got highlighted for that she won grammy for best new artist this was the first time a jazz artist won this category ever yeah and you know you had a lot of um people that were didn't really know how to react to that a little bit um because still, it, still don't know how to react to it yeah um i'm <laughs> gonna tell you like straight out wouldn't. this is this is my favorite esperanza spaulding uh album oh um mine's probably still esperanza that second lp but no i, I do want to i am excited to talk about emily's de-evolution in 2016 because it is a it is a striking tangent from her usual songwriting style and that's a good segue to talk about her style 
Yeah. Uh, she definitely, uh, you know, we talk about this a lot on the show. Musicians have to find their sound, right? They get, they kind of acquire and develop at the same time a sound, a signature sound. And she definitely has this place where she likes to write what she wants to write about and how she likes to do it. And uh, you, you, if you listen to Junjo all the way to the very end, her, her current set of work and output, you're going to see that DNA through all of her work. And uh, Chamber Music Society is no different. It's just, like I said, it's bigger, it's brighter, it's it's a lot more instrumentation. It's the closest thing to probably a full orchestral piece she's ever done. It's it's Theodore Buck's favorite. I didn't know that, Buck. I'm a sucker for this type of stuff. I it's, Okay, why? Um, why? Tell us. Let's I, put them on the know, spot, it's, guys. It, it, it's why? different. It's, um, I, I think it's that orchestral quartet um sound i mean there's a lot well of... it's not a quartet i thought that she i thought she brought in a lot of different musicians like violinists and brass and like it's all over the place yeah well and and maybe I, yeah i misspoke there but yeah it's it's i think it's because it, it kind of has that chamber music feel with mixed in with with the jazz sound and i think you know some of it's a little bit more on the chamber side some of it's a little bit more on the jazz side i don't know i i've always been kind of fond of this just because um i love chamber music a lot i did not know that but yeah i mean like chronos quartet was a big one though. oh chronos yeah lux um, on turn all day still kicking myself for uh, yeah i saw chronos I saw the Kronos Quartet, uh, and uh, I invited Buck, but he couldn't go. I think I went by myself. No, you went with my roommate at the time. Oh, that's right. I did. Yeah. No, the one I went by myself with, here's here's a jazz uh, drop. I went to, uh, in college, I went by myself because I could literally find nobody to go with me. I saw a string quartet rendition to John Coltrane's A Love Supreme. When was this? This was, I want to say, still during, was, uh, I want to say is 06 or 07, kind of the middle of our careers. Was this like, uh, oh, okay. So we maybe knew, we definitely was... knew each other. I just, I, I think, I, I, I think you wanted to go, but it was one of those, yeah, either you were working or it was a substantial. Um, Folks, I worked three jobs through college and grad school. He had a, he had a rough go, but uh, he made it through I the made other it through. goddamn side. And made you it can through, too, guys. if you're listening. If you're if you're having a hard time, you'll make it through too. Just you'll keep, make it through. Keep plugging. That's that's the key to it. No, it was as soon just, as you uh, want to quit. An, I was an you intense, keep going. Very intense program. And, and do I was, use it at all today? No. <laughs> I, I we all feel that way. That class that you'll never use again. But we have to take it. Jesus fucking Christ. Uh, so in 2011, she got Jazz Artist of the Year. And then right after that, 2012, she released her fourth LP, and it's gonna say it's gonna sound a lot similar to that third one. This was called Radio Music Society instead mm-hmm. of Chamber Music Society. We now have Radio Music Society. So yes, you guessed it. Is it um, the radio more pop, contemporary, traditional singer songwriter side of Esperanza? Absolutely. This is where we're getting more traditional song structure again, uh, but to amazing effect. Yeah. So interesting album as it is produced by q-tip from, i didn't know that from, from tribe um, tribe called quest tribe called also quest his, his uh, uh also has Q-tip. a great solo um i did not know that yeah I, you know i you I, did more you did more research than me i'm proud of you no i just i, I know these things 
no. He's got that um, photographic I, I had memory. To do some, I had to do some, uh, a little refresher, you know, it'd a been little, a while a since I'd listened to this one. Good. Some refreshers. Okay. Well, tell us, tell us. So I, I really like the first half of this album. It reminds me of like late seventies jazz, uh, fusion kind of, um, like earth, wind and fire, Maynard Hell Ferguson's yeah. type, Hell uh, yeah. horns really like the first half of it. And then I feel like it kind of, I don't know, it kind of meanders and dwindles towards the second half, but that first half of it, the first song and the second song, I, I really got into it when I first listened to it, because, um, like I said, that that's a real like interesting time for, and I think in jazz overall is that uh, that kind of period. And then you start seeing a lot of horn sections coming into popular music and rock. Like I said, Earth, Wind and Fire, Chicago, all these other bands. And then, yeah, like I bring up one Maynard Ferguson because I felt like he was kind of a big presence in the 70s. Well, uh, I, I'm glad you felt that way because a lot of other people felt that way. She won another Grammy for yeah, Best like Jazz her. Vocal Album. And she wrote a, she won a Grammy for City of Roses for Best Arrangement, Instrument, and Vocals. Uh, and this was the time she was also expanding into more traditional uh, and... <laughs> Uh, no pun intended, radio, more radio friendly uh, mm. contemporary acts. She performed with Janelle Monet on track Dorothy Dandridge Eyes on the Electric Lady and a uh, very, very popular pop singer Bruno Mars on Unorthodox Jukebox. The song is old and crazy. I, w- I want you to hold on to that Electric Lady reference. Okay, hold on to it. Okay, everybody put a pin in that in the back yeah. of your head. Uh, while you're doing that, I want to talk about the fact that. As much as Bruno Mars, I think, gets shit on by us uh, extreme music connoisseurs and lovers, who, who I will say him? this. Oh, the 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 real snobs. I feel like we're snobby, but like the true blue, it's Radiohead or nothing kind of snobs. No, I, with him, him, I'm a little different. Well, here's here's I, I well, I was going to give him some love. So we oh, okay. can, sounds like you're going to give him some love, yeah. too. So Bruno Mars, as much as he does, um, you know, write the top 40 kind of hits. This dude has pipes. This is what I love about Bruno pipes Mars. And he's 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 very talented. He's, he he reminds he's, me of he somebody. can really sing. Yeah. And and that's the thing is the vocal um, range is, in, is incredible. Go ahead. Sorry. No, no. I was going to say, like. I, I could see when people hate on him, but I, I, you know, hate on the people that are this there for the good looks and don't really have the, you know, that are me- fitting the mold. This guy, <laughs> this guy is talented. I mean, his, he's crazy. Not talented, only his voice, yeah. but he his, plays drums I mean, too. Oh yeah, but like I know he started out kind of as a backup singer. Like I, the first one I remember is that I want to be a million or billionaire or something like that. Brushed him aside, and then it was I think it's sophomore outing or something like that when that don't believe me just watch or something like that song is that the name well and right now i feel like he is uh crossing over into more indie stuff because he hooked up with anderson dot pack that's you know it's funny because uh when you were talking about uh that's a that's a perfect reference because when you're talking about seeing someone on like a late night show like letterman yeah i remember and 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 you were just feeling that electricity immediately like oh my god this is amazing that was the very first time I saw Anderson dot pack and mm-hmm. he, he was playing drums and singing. And I felt that way. I was like, this is a fucking guy. I got it. 
I have got to follow his career and I've done it ever since. And um, Malibu is a little shout out. Malibu is probably my favorite album by him. Uh, but yeah, going back to let's do a pullback, Novo pullback to Esperanza Spalding. Um, yeah, I mean, she's uh, the point being is she is she is expanding those those she is 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 letting those wings spread. She's starting to get her creative juices flowing, and she does say. so well on the next LP. This is hmm. 2016's Emily's De Evolution, and this is where she goes fucking rock. She does rock. She does metal. Um, no, it's funk rock. That's funk metal. rock. Yeah. yeah, it's funk rock. I got. Well, you you were you were you were talking about Janelle Monet. I, I got a lot of uh, Janelle Monet vibes from this album. Are we are we putting are we taking the pen off? That's, that's are we going where back I to got, the electric yeah, lady. I felt like okay, let's let's do it. Yeah, I felt like that there was. I felt like there was some influence there, or maybe for it's Emily's Evolution or for yeah. Radio Music Society. No, Emily's, uh, which is her middle name, by the way. Yeah, um, I said that in the intro. Yep. Did you? Did you? Yeah, I did. I'm just. I'm. 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 I'm the resident fact checker. Yep. Shit hits the fan if it's not. Yep. If it's not perfect, because yep. that, every that, single show is perfect, totally true. and we never go on tangents, and we never ever talk about Jimmy Buffett. It's, seriously, I don't. You know what's funny is from. I hope if someone is listening, if someone is listening to us for the very first time, and uh, they really haven't heard the episodes, I, I urge you to. Do a little uh, Easter egg hunting for let, the phrase. Let, hey, Jimmy let's Buffett. just say this: if if you <laughs> let, let, let's hold on, let, let's say that if you are a person, it, yes, okay, or are you talking to the audience members? Right, would now? be called um, something like I don't know, like a parrot head. Okay, just parrot head. I'm with you. Turn turn it off and okay. don't listen to the other <laughs> stuff. Okay. Because I I have heard not talk, not talk to me talk to me. I, I not that I know but I have heard that Novo has you know said some pretty ugly disparaging things about Jimmy Buffett on this. Uh, Check out the other episodes because uh, I've said only we got things. beef we got beef. Uh, Theodore beef Buck on a on... Uh, cheeseburger in paradise. <laughs> a cheeseburger. Well, that was good. God, that was a good. Song. This shit right itself. I can't. I can't tell him. I can't. I can't. It, <laughs> he's a terrible, terrible, terrible musician. Now, now, that guy now, has now. rode too much on his, <laughs> his horse, songs his high horse. that all sound the same. And you know, bless you. Know, God bless. All right, Buck. That. All you right. Know what? I'm gonna he, I'm gonna okay. spray him. All I'm right. gonna spray him like spray a cat. Calm a down. Calm down. Let's do a noble right. pullback. Let's pull right. back to Esperanza Spalding. We don't really mean that. We love you, Mr. Parrothead man. It's okay. Listen to what you want to listen to. Come on, Monday's the only good song I ever had. But before we ever do an episode on just Jimmy Buffett, we need to finish this one. So, 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 T Buck, so T Buck, tell me what you thought of Emily's de evolution. Interesting. Here's what I say. Uh, I I know a lot of people like that, like this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I am always for artists trying new things and doing new stuff. And I think I've said this on other podcasts. Spread your wings and try. Uh, do other things. And fly. I think. Yeah, that's and right. fly. Um, it, it just um, not my favorite. That's all I have to say. It, I, I think it's a it's a perfectly fine. I, I this is why I, I love this highly, our show. Highly, I uh, couldn't rated. I couldn't disagree more. I, yeah, I, I know, think this is one of our standouts. I think this is a, an incredible standout. It was um, for all you deep divers. Uh, I know you like us name dropping it was uh, co-produced by tony visconti 
Visconti. Visconti, yeah. And uh, if anybody knows that name, yep, that is David Bowie's longtime collaborator. Check out our episode on David Bowie because, um, and here's the thing, I knew, uh, we we actually didn't talk about the producers because we wanted to focus on just David Bowie and David Bowie's work and his art, obviously. Uh, And we didn't talk about guys like Tony Visconti or fucking brian eno that and um which is a huge influence and producer during during his days and but you know i think i think we do that because eventually they'll probably get their own episodes point is is that again she's expand she's spreading her wings she's working with these different producers and collaborators and she's uh she's evolving she's uh no pun intended with the name of, of the album. And she's, she's trying new things. Mm-hmm. Uh, does it always work in someone like T bucks, uh, opinion? No, I, I thought it really worked. It was fun. It was a lot of energy. Uh, it still had that groove. There's something about her writing that just fucking grooves, man. Yeah. It and- just really, it just, you know, you want to, you want to nod your head. You want to move your body. You want to dance to her work, man. Yeah, Even let, when it's jazzy. Let me clarify. It's it's not. I don't hate the album. Like, oh no, no, no. I know you didn't like it. It's just not your favorite. It, it's just not my favorite Esperanza Spalding album. Um, I think it's there's a lot of great. Um, again, it's 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 really creative. There's a lot of great things that she does in this album, but are really impressive. Um, like you said, it's 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 a different sound for her. You know, veers towards kind of rock or art rock rather. I think would yeah. Would, Oh, yeah. Be, um, and some maybe I some feel like I heard we did an episode on St. Vincent and just like yeah. you when you were talking about Jan- Janelle Monet that kind of influence I feel like I heard there was there was definitely a like a song or two where there was an intersection of St. Vincent style and yeah Esperanza Spaldings yeah since she was going into rock territory or art rock as you put it so yeah so I mean there, there's definitely um, I think the the title track on or not the title excuse me the first track on here um automatically know this is this is not your typical your, uh, 20 yeah, year album. old self's uh esperanza <laughs> spalding album but um yeah i think it, it took it definitely takes a different direction you know i i like it um it, it just yeah again it's yeah, my I, favorite one first i i i get you yeah. um i i am curious to I'm excited to talk about the next one just because of the process of making it, but I'm curious if you actually got a chance to listen to any of it. So in 2017, she made an album called Exposure, and this was essentially an experiment type mm-hmm. of album. So what she did was she created an album from start to finish in 77 hours, and she released only 7,777 yeah, I see a trend there. Limited edition prints. I couldn't. I found some YouTube stuff, but I really couldn't find any. You know, it's not on streaming sites uh, or it's it's not on streaming platforms like Spotify. I couldn't find a ton of um, work from this era. Did you find anything, Buck? Not really. Um, I remember. This. So we need one of these goddamn prints now. Someone send us. We need a PO box because I want free shit. So send us exposure. Or, or Esperanza Spalding, if you're listening right now, if you have an extra print, we'd like one. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I, I remember this. Um, I remember this coming out, and and I think I want to say I, I remember listening to some of it, but I just yeah, I couldn't find a lot. Okay, so we will. Uh, we needed to talk about it because it was part of her uh, career, and we'll uh, continue on. to go into the the history. I, I mean, I think it's very important to talk about the fact that about this around this time, she was appointed a professor of the practice of music at fucking Harvard. Incredibly Ooh. impressive again. Harvard, and she hasn't even broken forty yet. I mean, she's, she's doing all this and and such a young. 
and such a, uh, I mean, well, not a short time, but at such a young age. And then she put out another LP. What she did was 2018's 12 Little Spells. And this one peaked at number one, finally, on the Billboard's top jazz albums. Yeah. And and this is another one that's uh, going back to jazz, but still very um, experimental. Very her. Yeah. Very her. Yeah. You'll you'll hear all of her kind of songwriting style in this album. Yeah. I uh, love it. And I think um, a lot of people did as well, especially um, the old the Grammys. The Jazz. Yep. She got nominated for two and won another one. God, yep. quit it. Stop I it. I want to win one. Now you're just Jeez, showing Spalding. up. Yeah. Jeez. Jeez. Can't even. Jeez. Can't even. Can't even take you anywhere now. <laughs> That's why we don't have nice things. This is why we don't. So. Have- <laughs> so each spell so each song was called a spell and each spell correlates to a body part so it was a very yes a little bit of an art uh jazz album and yeah. uh the the grammy the, the grammy that that she won was for for best jazz vocal album again yeah i think there was a critic that said this is not dinner jazz music but, <laughs> uh it's it not background isn't. at a restaurant it's not background it's not with your jazz. bougie friends Oh, that's yuppies. that reminds me that that <laughs> your bougie friends. That reminds me to talk about the fact that I have always hated what jazz music on uh, a popular music scale or Nora level Jones. has become. No, 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 no. I was going to say that you know a lot of people listen to traditional jazz and, or even contemporary jazz, and they think of elevator music. And it just breaks my heart. Oh, like I think smooth if you, jazz kind of stuff. Yeah, well, they just kind of they like, they did lump everything into one category. So if they hear any kind of jazz, they're like, "Oh, you like elevator music?" And I assure you, anybody out there that feels that way, give it a real chance. And I think Esperanza Spalding yeah. is a perfect place to start. Like, and you will you will you will be transported. Yeah, don't to another psychological world and land. Yeah, I mean. I, it, jazz does get a back a, a really bad rep because I think there's a lot of I mean it's like any music there is a lot of say very bland jazz out there but uh, yeah go back look back at guys like uh, Chet Baker um, woo Thelonious Monk uh, woo newer guys today Kamazi Washington uh, and I got another segue for you yeah Mr Wayne Shorter. Because Ooh, yeah. when I was doing the research for this episode, she is going to be putting out some new work with him. No, really? And it's an op- it's an operatic work titled <laughs> okay. Iphigenia. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting indeed. Yeah. So let's bring it on home, Mr. Theodore Buck. Tell us why, you know, when damn things matter... And we definitely land on Miss Esperanza Spalding. Tell us why she matters, man. I think the big thing is when we think about jazz and female uh, jazz, females and jazz, it's it's normally associated with vocalists. There's not too many um, really famous. Now, now, don't trust me on this. There's, you know, you can name a lot of, of people. Uh, Dorothy Ashby comes straight to mind where she brought in the harp into jazz and played that a lot, which was really interesting, but uh, not a lot of, uh, there are female uh, musicians or uh, instrument instrumentalists that do play jazz, but they don't also sing as well sometimes. So um, I think it's really important because she's kind of bringing that in and you don't really see a lot she's of, she's well, re- well-rounded. 
yeah, you don't see a lot of female basses. So she's well-rounded. She's definitely a music prodigy. Um, even though she hates that, <laughs> but she even is. though she hates that. She, let's, I mean, let's, let's she be took honest. a long she break and was a prodigy. Playing, yeah. She was playing, I think as, as part of another band for a while, just, you know, kind of in the background, but look, I mean, when you have people like this, um, you should, you should be really thankful that you're living in a time you can actually witness, um, these, these creative geniuses. Um, and it's easily, uh, you know, digestible, findable, you know, with things like YouTube and Spotify and whatever, whatever platform you listen to music, it's so easy, you know, back in our day now i sound old saying it that way but we had to do some digging and now you have to do a lot more digging to find the good stuff yeah but uh about like top 40 music right now (laughs) has like the least amount of overturn that it's ever had what do you mean so like i think it's still in the top 10 but there was a song maybe it was a bruno mars song no 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 i'm sorry the weekend uh his song was basically like the number and number one hit for almost a year. I mean, oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. So, so like back in the day, you had a lot of so more not turnover. Or yeah, tur- yeah. Or turnover. <laughs> these, there, yeah, you're I saying just, that I lived these... through a tornado this afternoon. Come on. Yeah, he barely made it alive. I barely made it alive. <laughs> you it can hear it in week, his voice. It was a weak tornado. <laughs> it wasn't too bad. Uh, his point is that yes, sometimes things will kind of, kind of take over the the real estate right yep. it just it just kind of stays in its position and doesn't allow a lot of people to find the light and now i mean again you have so many resources now and you have these streaming platforms with infinite resources or nearly infinite again sometimes when you have too much it's it, it makes it even harder so yeah um check her out if you don't like her i'm sorry if you do uh, end up really loving her, and or maybe you're already a fan, then I'm happy for you. But uh, yeah, we we definitely need to. Uh, I know what? What was what? that? I don't know. But so she is, went. yeah. But she's so. Uh, in conclusion, she is what a mus- musician for the ages, right? Oh yeah. yeah, I think she's another one on our a long running list of. I don't think there's anyone quite like her and nothing that no. i've seen before her and honestly i doubt there's going to be anything after her that's quite like her she is an original original prodigy and something you should absolutely check out you know who else is original jimmy buffett miles he just walked <laughs> right behind you and uh oh my dog yeah i have a dog named miles davis yeah. and uh <laughs> just just kind of came in looked at you I was like, all right, he's, he's busy. And then turned around and uh, headed back. It out. is a jazz episode, so that's fitting. Miles yeah, Davis. Yeah, it was just, it was very funny. He just, he just kind of looked at you. It was like, all right, yeah, he's, he's doing something. Dad's busy. Got to, Dad's gotta busy. Go back I want to go find mom. Room. Well, uh, there you have it, guys. The amazing history, legacy, and career of Juan Esperanza Spalding. And what's even better is she's still in the middle of it, still making music. And I think there's still a lot, a lot, a lot to come. So thank you guys so much for listening. But before we go, of course, we got a little more for you, a little icing on the cake, a little cherry on top with what we like to call the gem of the week. If you don't know what the gem of the week is, it's essentially something we love to talk about in our shows here, but it doesn't quite fit into the scheme of the episode, but we want to talk about it nonetheless. I always give the floor, uh, well, I usually take the floor first, but uh, I have a couple 
I feel like I have a couple. You should a couple? I should I go first or do you want to yeah, go first? Yeah, I'm I'm having some technical difficulties, so you just keep I'm technical difficulties. Technical some of that, difficulties. Some of that country twang come come out in his technical dip. Okay, so I'll take the floor. So um I have a few things. I think um in the jazz world, I always like to talk about Medeski, Barton, and Wood. Mm. Uh, this is definitely not a new cut. It's more of a deep cut. If you've never checked out Medeski, Martin and Wood, they have an incredible uh, catalog. And their music is absolutely spellbinding. It's a jazz trio. Sometimes they'll bring in other musicians for special guests. Uh, it's usually instrumental only. They don't do traditional song, uh, singer-songwriter type of structures. There's not going to be any lyrics, but you're going to uh, your ears are going to be happy with a lot of art, jazz, experimental stuff, avant-garde. You fucking name it. You're going to be happy when you listen to it. The other side of the puzzle is I was trying to think of something that I got into just recently that I wanted to talk about because someone was like, ooh, I, I, I wanted to check that out. Uh, something a little more contemporary. So, And it is musical. Uh, I'm a big, big lover of comedy. And I, um, and I uh, watched Bo Burnham's uh, Netflix special called Inside. And it is, uh, it's essentially a musical comedy show. And, uh, and he does everything. It's pretty much him in a room. And he did literally everything. He wrote the songs, he produced them, he mixed them. And then he did, he filmed them, he did the editing. And it is just a scathing, sharp, comedic look at our um our last year in a pandemic and um he does a good job of becoming there's a thin line between what you think is character and really him and he and he becomes kind of the uh descent into madness type of character like the brooding artist that you know is at his wits end at the end of the line, if you will. And uh, yeah, you don't always really know where Bo Burnham, the character begins and, you know, or where him truly being sad or depressed about the last year ends and him just being a character begins or vice versa. Uh, but it definitely encapsulate what I think we all went through in a one hour special or hour and a half special, whatever it is. I definitely when I when I got done with it, I felt like that perfectly embodies how literally everyone has felt in the last year. No, I really I've, I've, I've heard really good things about that. So I'm going to have to check it out. I you know, I was I actually struggled a bit with this. Let's talk it out. This I is just, like therapy. It's hard to live up to your, your standards um, when we do these. <laughs> God things. damn it, Buck. You better um, be perfect. Because every a lot single of things, show. I know a lot of things that were like popping up in my head. Where I don't think they're really gems. They're maybe like revisits. So maybe that's what it is. Um, I did a revisit with Medeski Martin Wood to give us a revisit. Now I'm curious. Now I'm doing a revisit. And you're never going to guess it. Would you like a guess? Give me a hint. Harp. Oh, God, no. Um, I actually already said her name. Yeah. I, I Remind us. I lost All it. All right. Well, I you know, when I was thinking about when I was listening to Esperanza Spalding. I started going back and thinking about um, other, you know, great uh, jazz instrumentalists. And uh, one that I stumbled upon actually uh, a long time ago, I, I was reading something about actually Questlove brought her up, but uh, Dorothy Ashby, um, she was a jazz harpist um, and she had uh, one of her like 
I'd say quintessential albums is uh, say the name real clear one more time so we can burn it in our memories. Dorothy Ashby. Dorothy. I'm Ashby. saying Dorothy okay, like they do in The Wizard of Oz. Dorothy. 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 My Mid Atlantic <laughs> accent. <laughs> Dorothy. I feel like here that's like like South Park's Canadian accent. <laughs> oh, Dorothy. Dorothy. <laughs> what's it, what, what? What's this all about? Um, go ahead. Go. I actually said that to a Canadian girl one time. I was like, "You say a boot," and she got really upset about it. I, I, the album I was recommending was her. Um, I think this is one of her quintessentials. As uh, Afro Harping came out in 1968. Uh, check it out. It's pretty cool. It's a jazz soul jazz. Um, album and there's been stuff that's been sampled a lot from a lot of her stuff in uh hip-hop so it's always fun too when you go back and through a lot of these old uh, jazz or soul or funk albums you hear a lot of that um oh i've i've heard this riff or something like that before so or they sample it or something that when they sample yeah okay well perfect thank you buck uh as always he does Dorothy. end up giving us Dorothy. he gives he ends up giving us a very thoughtful gem um we appreciate you guys so much for listening if you like that of course you can check us out at all of our socials that's at underscore novo underscore day and day is spelled d-e and at novo day media you can, of course, check out some of our stuff at NovoDayProductions.com. There you'll find things like Post Meridium, Adulteration, and the Entropy Sessions, both in paperback or uh, as an audiobook. We hope you enjoy it. And until next time, be good to each other. And as always, good luck and Godspeed. We love you. Art of the Beholder is brought to you by Novo Day Productions, created and hosted by Novo Day and the Novo Day Collective. Facebook.com slash Novoday Media, at Novoday Media on Twitter and Instagram. Music by A Company, Facebook.com slash Aco Music 123, Aco on Spotify. Logo designed by Tom Justice, J E S T U S, of thejusticecompany.com, and executively produced by Clayton Anderson. All rights reserved.